0: Hi there, and welcome to another episode of The Wholehearted Healer. Um, I'm really grateful that you're here. I'm your host, Avine Banish, and I'm excited today, really excited actually, to have a conversation with Scott Daniels. Scott is um, a multitude of things. Um, he is a neighbor who I met uh, when we first moved to Eau Claire back in, geez, I guess that was 2007. Um And I really credit um, Scott and his wife, Anita, with helping me and catalyzing me, actually, on um, the spiritual journey that I have been on. And so Scott is someone who uh, has so much wisdom um, and has been on his own journey, and I'm just really excited to see where our conversation goes today. So Scott, welcome.
1: Thank you so much, Amy. I, I love all of that. The, <laughs> you know, I mean, the, the multitude of, yeah, I'm trying to figure out all that's going on in, in me in my life. And it's been a wonderful, I, I think it's an adventure with God. Everybody's life is an adventure with God. If you're alive, you're on an adventure with God, you know. And mine has had a multitude of things going on, and it's been so rich. And then when you said, you know, that some of our work had been a catalyst in your journey, that's music to my ears because I think sometimes we just need that. You know, it's, it's like a catalyst, a spark, uh, someone seeing that spark of life in us and in our, in our lives that we can nurture and then go for, you know, that's some of the best stuff right there. And so anyway, that was great. Thanks. Great. Well, and
0: I'm, I'm looking at a picture in my office right now of Ram Das, and like the favorite quote of mine that he ever said is we're just, we're each walking each other home, right? So that there are periods where I fall asleep and forget, and you can help me remember and vice versa.
1: Exactly. That we are eternal souls and this desire to love and be loved that we have at the heart of who we are is divine DNA and feed it, you know, keep it, keep it going, keep that going. Yeah.
0: So I I always think it's interesting, Scott, people who don't, I love to start with like an origin story and we can start with yours wherever you want to dive in, but just a little bit of um your life experience and how how you have kind of um, you've been in the realm of catalyzing and and being a, a guide and a spiritual um teacher. I don't know if you'd call yourself that, but pretty much your whole adult life. Um, so can you just kind of unfold that a little bit for us?
1: That's a really, it's a good thing you bring up there because, I mean, it took me right back to like four or five years old when during like Chinook winds in Boulder, Colorado, that come and, you know, they can get it like the, I think the record there was like 130 or so, but one, one storm, it was rattling my windows. I was, I think five years old, we had just moved to this house and I thought the window was going to break and kill me. You know, I mean, I thought, cause it was like 105, I think that storm got up to 105. Wow. And, um, I was terrified. And (laughs) I told my parents about it, you know, and you know, sometimes these Chinook winds come for maybe a few days, right? Mm -hmm. And they're like, they came and checked it. They're like, you'll be okay. It'll be okay. They put tape on the window. So they recognized there was a challenge here, you know, but that they just, I, and my reaction to that was, geez, they don't care. You know, I'm gonna, this is gonna happen, you know? So anyway, that night then when it came back and it was bad, I just really prayed, you know, and it was even like you know, it's so funny. Think about a four or five year old. I was like, "Yeah, when the window breaks and I die, they'll know I was right." You know, I'll be vindicated. <laughs> or whatever. You know, I didn't know that word, but I mean, but then I was like, "God, I just got to trust you that you will get me through this, no matter what." So please do keep the window. But I imagined kind of being cupped in God's hand, um, in which that's the cover of my book, you know, and it it was. Um, it was very powerful that when I finally surrendered and just trusted God to get me through it something genuinely happened inside me. I I really started feeling that peace of fastest understanding. I and I didn't even know these phrases at 4 or 5 years old. It just started happening, but it took that faith and that trust, I knew God to get me through it, and I trusted God would. And that's what allowed this thing to happen. Well, in a way, my whole life since then has been Trying to get into that space—that's why I talk about allowing and alignment and all this stuff so much. And I've talked about that kind of my whole life because I experienced that. And then when I do it, that's when the good stuff comes. That's when I'm able to get back to loving instead of whatever was taking me out of it. Uh, allowing God's love first off, divine love—you know—you could say living, loving source being, whatever. Because that word "God" even has so loaded for so many of us. You know, for a lot just, of people. Yeah, absolutely. I get that. Completely. Um, so living, loving, source being, whatever is the source of our being alive, that I think we are made in the image of, have divine DNA, all that stuff. Getting back to that, you know, it's it's this very basic thing. And as we trust it and try to align with it and feel the love in it, we all, at the heart of who we are, we want to love, you know. I think it's because we're born of love. God is love. and. And so it's getting back to that. So in a way, and you know, like the different jobs I had before being a pastor, like I was, at, it was called the Joint Institute for laboratory astrophysics. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, but I was just there in administration, you know, and got in there through engineering when I was an engineering, and, um, and a friend. Uh, so anyway, um, they started calling me the Jilla Chaplin. Because people would come to me to talk about this stuff. I mean, it's just because this is where the good stuff is. You know, it's when we're inspired and our hearts are on fire and we feel good. And we actually are able to, to relax enough to let love flow, you know. Um, yeah. So so in a way, I have been. This has been my journey. And it's been when I say an adventure with God, you know, the root of the adventure is Advent. And Advent means coming. It's this birthing, you know. And so to be on that adventure of allowing the coming of God into our lives and the feeling it. And it's discovering we are actually part of God, you know, like branches. We're actually letting the life of this being come in and it's actually already giving us life. Now let it flow, you know? So, yeah.
0: That's really beautiful. And, um, and I've experienced, I, I feel very blessed in my life at moments to have experienced that presence and that love What do you say to people who um, say like, Scott, this is all well and fine, but like the world is in a state right now, and um, they feel very far from that place, or they feel like if I don't keep doing, everything's going to fall apart.
1: I totally hear that. You know, this is why it's it's just interesting because this is coming up for me because of our past too. You remember, this would be years ago, I was reading Dr. Zhivago. And I think I mentioned it to you and you're like, oh, yeah, good book. You know, and I was like, well, yeah, it is. But, you know, it's and then you started reading it, I think. And you're like, oh, my gosh, it's so sad. It's so tragic and so long. You know, I mean, it, it is. It's huge, <laughs> it long book. Exactly. But it, when I read it in college, I actually ended up writing. I had in the honors department, you had to write a little thesis. I actually wrote mine on that because. What I think Pasternak was really trying to do it is because he had lived through the Russian Revolution. He had seen horrible things. He experienced, and Russia then was rough, man. The Soviet you know era was rough. So this long duration of really, quite frankly, suffering in hell, you know. Mm-hmm. He Zhivago means the living, and that even that story it begins. I think he's it's his mother's death. He's at the is at her funeral, and he realizes he's got to keep embracing life because it's so sad. He's so sad, so it's not that we're going to try to avoid the sadness, but keep going. And he's thinking about his mom. He, he loved her, you know. So keep going towards the love and trust the trust loving to get us through this. You know, it's keep getting to loving in order to get through it. It's it's not by denying the bad, not at all. And that's the thing. The book makes you keep looking at all this hard stuff that they're going through. And Zhivago, Dr. Zhivago, keeps finding some way to get to loving. It's loving himself. It's caring for others. It's, you know, just trying to be compassionate. Just these sorts of things that actually keep him alive. It's He keeps having this resurrection of life. As he's trying to actually just honestly bring his heart to it. I love, you know, wholehearted healer. I love your, you know what I mean? Just keep bringing your heart to it. Keep trying to get to love. That's one of the best ways to get through the worst times. It's I have found that to be the best way to get through the worst times, especially as I'm open to God in the midst of it. So I try to stay open to what, okay, this feels better to me. I'm going to keep moving with this, God. And then you got to correct me if I'm off, you know, this sort of thing. And that's been a really good way to go. Through the hard things,
0: I love that. It also reminds me of *Man's Search for Meaning* by Viktor Frankl, which I reread every year because I remember, you know, in that book he's just amazed at people who can live that way in those conditions. And by witnessing that in others, it keeps him alive. So that we're also, we're, you know, when you choose to live that way um, in certain conditions, your presence or the way that you're living inspires other people. Exactly. Maybe when they've run out of inspiration.
1: Exactly. And it's true of all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Scott, can you talk about, because it's so natural for you, um, this, you know, even your language about opening to love or um, resting um, the rest that works Mm -hmm. Uh, for, for someone who may not, you know, may have this mantra, like, I can't meditate. I can't sit still. I understand how can you can you like break that down a little bit about when you say that what what are you doing how are you being
1: well in my case and of course i've been doing it for a long time so Mm -hmm. i get that you know but i really am getting to the most basic stuff like our breath and our heartbeat in my meditation it's like i didn't start my breath i didn't start my heartbeat Why, why do i try to take control of everything here are the two best things that are even giving me life right Mm-hmm. They're just here. They're just gifts to me already. And then I, that's when I take that as a a valve I can go to and open my openness to God. Say, okay, God, being who is giving me life, thank you so much for my life. Thank you for all the love. It, I want, you know, I've I've experienced from others, and I want to share. I want to be part of. I want to align with. I want to be in that flow of your love. So please help me to get back in line with that and let everything else go. And that's really what I do. It's. So when I do meditate and but, you know, for me, meditate is just one tool. Meditation is one tool. I, I love, you know, the guy that probably named this the best is uh, Jung when he said, I don't know if I'm getting the quote right, but modern men can't see God or can't find God or something because he doesn't look low enough. And of course, it's not. That's the quote. You know, he it's all of us. though, right? It's it's most basic enough. It's it's to the most simple things going on inside of us. We get these highfalutin ideas and, you know, all these theologies and all this stuff or Christian doctrine or whatever. And actually it's get to your own heart, be honest with yourself. This is why paying attention to dreams and, and stuff that's coming up inside us. It's so wise because so often it it kind of shows us where healing is needed. And so then I go to God with it. I pray about my dreams, especially when they're disturbing. And I say, and then I usually see a part that needs some love inside of me. And then, oh, okay, you know, start working on that, you know? So it's looking low enough is, yes, the shadow side, and it might be ugly sometimes, but it's really, it's most basic enough. It's stuff that we've just ignored, you know? It's humble, it's and it's humbling. That's okay. It's, it's all right. That's what happened to me at four years old. I just, I had no other thing I thought I could take control of. I'm about to have the window break. I'm going to die, you know? It's like, and... And so I got to trust you, God, you know, so it's it's going ahead and going low enough, recognizing there's so much we can't control. Maybe even in our own, you know what I mean? Our own psyche. Sometimes it's like, what the heck, you know, a dream or something or whatever, or our own fear. You know, I can't control this. What I can do is turn it over to God and, and be open to this life-giving love that feels so much better when I move with it. And then you just feel for it. That's why using breath and heartbeat and meditation can be a very helpful thing for me. But quite frankly, it's it's also it's it's really get to what helps you get to loving. That's it. That's it. And it looks different for everybody. You know, a person who really hates meditating, maybe they're an extrovert and all this. Great. Okay, that's fine. Don't meditate. I mean, seriously, what helps you get to loving? Yourself and others. Go there, you know, investigate that learn about yourself be curious about yourself that's when you're going to feel more of this Advent this presence of God that is you're this branch of God this little tiny branch of God that is God is in self-expression in you first thing God wants you to enjoy is being you that's that's your gift to God too it's you know what I mean it's a so go go there that's the main thing
0: yeah yeah I love that that's I mean it's so simple and it's so life-affirming and we're so good at not doing
1: it it's crazy isn't it this this is Jung, his, his statement is so good it's so yeah. good
0: you why know? why is that scott why do we not i mean it's because what you're advocating for is beautiful and it it would make i mean it's beautiful on the cosmic level it's beautiful on the moment to moment level of just living our life but we are just so entrenched Um as a humanity, it feels like in like amping up suffering for ourselves. Why do we do that?
1: You know, it's ego and it's fear, but it's, it's judgments. It truly really starts with judgments. Mm-hmm. You know, That's why the Adam and Eve story is so good. It's so why I have a chapter in my book. It's like, you know, the, it's so interesting when you really look at this figure of Satan, right? It means the deceiver, Right. And it's really insinuator, is what I would say, because what he does, is he insinuates that God doesn't really care about Adam and Eve. He, he's just trying to keep them down, not letting them have the tree of the you know knowledge of good and evil, right? And power. Mm-hmm. So it's insinuating. And if you even look at that phrase, inserting sin, it's missing the mark of loving. Sin is—it's a term from archery, and it was if an arrow missed the target. Well, then it sinned. If it, it missed, well, it's missing the mark of loving is what sin is. It it doesn't make you evil. It just means you got lost your way a bit, you know, but evil can happen. Horrible things can happen through our sinning. Right. So it's don't follow the insinuator. You know, it's trust God. Come back to God. And 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 you don't have to take control. This is where ego wants to take control and now impress people or whatever, have power or whatever. And then we often get off track. It's just so easy to do. But the desire itself is not bad. This is the thing I've really learned, is most of the time our desires, at the very root of them, there's love, love for self. We're wanting something good, and then we take it upon ourselves to try to make it happen, and we can get lost in the ways we try to do that, right? And that's where it's like, okay, step back. Know that God knows you want to love. God will help you with that. Start with God's love and come, you know... I understand, I keep going to God because that's my word, you know, but it can be living, loving, source being, what you actually feel. This is where Jung was so good, you know. Go to the basics. Like, this is where meditation is helpful to me. Oh yeah, as I settle with my breath and it feels good. Oh yeah, you are giving me life all the time. Thank God I don't have to take control of my breath in order to have life, you know it's actually a good idea for me not to try to take control of my breath and heartbeat. You know what I mean? I can, but it's, you know, like you try to hold it. It's, it's gonna, exhausting.
0: Yeah, exactly. You
1: know, it's, it's like, so thank God that there's already something built in naturally. That's going to give us an inclination towards life. If we can trust it and work with it and you have to feel for it, you have to feel for it. This is that deeper. Once again, we don't look low enough. We intellectualize and have our theories. Well, how are you feeling? That's the, that's the real question. How are you feeling? You know, what's what's going on in your heart with whatever the situation is? If it's good, I've, I've prayed this prayer a thousand times. God, this feels right. If I'm wrong, you've got to correct me. Okay, and I trust God will. But if I'm right, please help me to move with the love that I'm feeling right now and, and try to just follow through on it. And that's been the best thing in the world. You know, when I would go to visit thing, people uh, in hospitals, When they often were facing horrible things like death or whatever, I so often didn't know what to do. So I would just, my prayer outside the room would be, God, it's yours and I'm yours. And the situation is yours. I'm yours. It's yours. They're yours. Help me to feel for what is going to be best right now because I don't know. That was the best space to ever go in because then you just feel for it and you really listen. Cause you are looking for what would be most helpful right now instead of my theories about it. And often a person really just needed to be heard first. And then you kind of look and clues are given where the love is needed. And so that's where you try to, you know, bring your heart. And that has been the best way, you know, it's actually a good phrase to say all the time.
0: Yeah. Even just hearing it, I can feel my body settling. I often, um, yeah. I often think of myself like a snow globe, like we, it, it, when I'm just running around and, and taking care of the kids and doing all the things, um, just that very simple like GPS guidance gets mm-hmm. really hard to to get clarity on. But mm-hmm. even as you just said that, it just, it kind of settles um, our being enough so that that like a direction, a clarity comes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you just take the next step then. Yeah. Keep it simple and you take the next step.
0: And how do you see this, Scott, in terms of there's so much polarity right now? Oh, yeah. In our world, it feels like it's getting heightened, like it's the pendulum yeah. is swinging faster and wider um, yep. in my lifetime than it feels as if it has. Um, so, how can this really simple practice that I love because it's um, it's below or outside of, or all inclusive of all of the doctrines and the political beliefs. It's kind of so simple that it's, it's kind of hard to believe <laughs> it's that simple. I understand. Uh, can you speak to that at all? Like this larger world that we're in and and what's happening and how this work might be so transformative.
1: It, it, it's interesting that you, anyway, it's, this is a great segue into, because i my last seven years or so, I, you know, I've been through some experiences kind of more open to the mom side of God is what I say. And it's just because I felt such a feminine presence. It started in meditation really. And then at the center for sure that to me had a a real divine feminine, like grandma's house feeling, right? You know? And so I really opened and, and then Three lessons came from when I really felt the presence. And I should just name for people what that means. Like lots of energy coming in the left side of my body, which I had to look up. Like, what the heck is that about? You know? And in like even uh in Jewish tradition, they they recognized and had a red string on the left side because that they recognize as divine feminine comes, you know, from and it's not that it's exclusive, but rather it's like, okay, that's what's going on here. These things were all associated. It felt like a very motherly presence with me, and I felt so much loving energy. Well, the three lessons I got from her, it was over the course of about a year. And I, even now, I feel like, okay, I'm still supposed to be learning this. You know, life is lived by agreements, was the first one. So, how things connect, how they're aligned or not. So, look at our world, right? The, all the polarity you just were talking about, no longer connecting in ways that can be loving because there's no respect there. You know, I mean, they're, and so, but things are actually right lived by agreements so those that are in agreement well, they're running this way facebook is splitting people off because everybody's just going with their own crowd right and then running and not getting to loving the other side okay so all right so life is lived by agreements or how things are related how they align how they come together or don't nothing number two was nothing happens without desire And I thought, wow, okay, duh. (laughs) But it's true, you know? It's true. And get to that. What is the heart? What's the real root desire here? Really a good question to ask of ourselves inside ourselves, but also out there, right? So often it's power or something like that, you know? All right. Then the third one, and this is what blew me away. And this is what made me realize, okay, this is what unlocks everything. And I'm going to try to make sure I get it right here. Um, It was holiness has to do with the purity, quality, and kind of quantity. And right, right then I saw a river flowing. So think about how a river, there's a purity question, there's a quality question, and then there's this quantity thing, but it's more about overall sort of movement, right? Volume and movement. And it's about the purity. Holiness is about the purity, quality, and quantity of the love actually moving in any moment. That's it, it's true. It it has nothing to do with any theological theory or anything like that, other than you actually can feel, it feels right. There's a good feeling here and it goes to my heart. It moves me, you know, in my heart. And this is why, you know, a movie might even bring us to this point where we feel this flow of love, you know, or or a song or it's holiness is when it's that love of God is what it is. But we've aligned such that we are in alignment with it and we are feeling it. We are feeling it and we are actually flowing with it. It's channeling. It's moving through us and we feel the best when it's moving through us. That those are holy. That's where holiness lies. So if we want holiness in our lives, well, look at the agreements in our lives, starting with our own inner agreements between parts of ourselves, right? And just here, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, my gosh, that sounds overwhelming. I have to yeah. go scrutinize all that. No, no, just pay attention to what comes up, like your dream tonight. That's going to tell you what your psyche is saying. Yeah, let's look at this for where the healing might need to be. So no, don't go try to figure it all out. Don't go digging. <laughs> don't, you know, but pay attention. Pay attention. This is my prayer to God is please correct me wherever correction is needed, and I'll pay attention. And that's exactly the way to go. And it won't be too much. It'll be just enough for the next step. That's what it'll be. And then trust it, you know. So and it'll be a movement, though. I forget which saint said it, probably Saint Teresa of Babel, I think, but you know, every step towards heaven is heaven. Every step towards hell, there's hell. You know, it's like you feel for it. It just feels a little better. It feels a little bit more right. Okay. And then there'll be correction. God will help provide correction if needed as you're going, you know. So does that answer your question? Does that?
0: Yeah, it really does. And I know in my own self, um, even when I was like in really in my surgeon days, um, when I wasn't that connected with my body, when I was really, really placing a lot of emphasis on my brain. Um when I would uh I, I used to describe it like I would feel like I became like a two-dimensional piece of paper, like I would feel squeezed versus when I was really present, I would I or like after I played my bowls or meditated or hiked outside, I feel there's more space within me. Yeah. And so I love that um visual of Literally, like, that we have within our, we can practice, like, opening the faucet up, but we also have, and maybe that's what free will is, trying to shut it down. And it feels terrible when we do that. Exactly.
1: That's exactly right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when we're blocking, when something's blocking, that's when we often are really struggling inside. And we Mm -hmm. get depressed, we get, you know, maybe just angry, you know, it's... And of course, the root of anger is usually sadness, fear of loss because of loss or fear of loss, you know. And so it's like, okay, God, help me to see where am I blocking your flow, you know, this flow of love. And sometimes it's really humbling, but then it's so much better. You know, sometimes people are afraid of this stuff. And I'm like, it's okay. We want to get to where the healing is needed. You know, they don't want to open the can of worms. I'm like, Actually, open the can, let the worms out, you know what I mean? The, well, God can handle it, you know? So, but go one step at a time. Pay attention to what's coming up from your psyche. Pay attention to what's coming up from your heart. And and then you go from there. You don't have to try to do it all at once, right? Not at all. And it, it's been such a better way for me to live, too. Um, it's so much more freeing than trying to force things, right? Yeah. I
0: think, you know, the can of worms or Pandora's box, I think there's this sense now, even in our world that if we really looked at everything, we might have to, like, we're in this phase of dissolution. That's messy. That's inconvenient that, you know, if you're living in a privileged, if you're a member of like a privileged group, there's like this, you know, well, I don't want things to change because then what if it changes for me? <laughs> so, um, you know, I think that's a dominant thought. So so this, when we're in perhaps a phase of disillusion, right? I mean, the breath is like, just every breath is a phase of building up and letting go. Um, that I think that that little bit of unease, like, well, if I really do look at everything, am I going to have to blow it up?
1: I understand that. And and when you look at the whole world, right, it's just so overwhelming and global warming and stuff like that. It it just is. This is where realizing, okay, I'm like a cell or a branch on the tree of life, a cell in the body of God. And God's saying, hey, be the cell, be the branch you are, right? In other words, you don't have to try to take control of everything. But there is, think about ourselves. There are signals all the time going through our body to ourselves. And the job of the cell is to pay attention to what the larger body is saying is needed, right? Mm-hmm. So if we need more water, the cells are saying, hey, you know, I mean, in other words, pay attention and then go with the guidance that is there. Again, you have to feel for it, right? Our theories may not get there. And that's what we're discovering. So many of the theories we had in the past, well, they actually didn't, they weren't harmonizing with the earth. Mm-hmm. right? So much of how, how we've treated the earth have not been Harmonizing with the Earth had not been ultimately giving life. This is what I just you know have heard about Roundup is going to get pulled from the shelves probably because it's finally being proven. Even though people have been saying for a long time, well now it's right. being proven. But for so long they thought it. What Roundup Ready crops were great. It's like whoops, that was a mistake. You know. So, I mean, it, it just to realize you got to feel for it and then trust God with it. The cell has to trust the larger body. Ultimately, it yeah. has to. It can't make everything can't fix everything the little cell can't but we can work together so that's our job yeah
0: yeah that's really that's orienting in a way that feels free um and and there's always our work of orienting our work of you know abiding in love or opening it's never done so it's not like we arrive
1: somewhere <laughs> right. it's a journey. It's yeah. a, it's, I love the, what, what Buckminster Fuller said, you know, I seem to be a verb. We all are, yeah. you know, we're living beings. And so free yourself that way, too, that it's this is permission to be human whole thing. It's like you're you're on a journey. You're going to make mistakes. I used to love magic school bus. You know, she's like, get in there, make your mistakes. Main thing is just be doing your thing. Be going after life, you know, be alive. Yep. You got to feel for that. Miss Frizzle, a hero. Yes, Miss Frizzle. Thank you.
0: <laughs> um, and so Scott, you are on the, you know, um you um and Anita were co-founders and chief tenders. I don't know what you would what your actual what you described your role at the center in Eau Claire, Wisconsin is, but that recent comedian is what
1: I call
0: myself. Um <laughs> uh, well I think. I think others who you, you, um, helped and, and guided along their journey for 10 years would maybe say that. And, um, <laughs> how does it feel for you now as you know, the, you've recently, um, sold the center and you're setting, um, to move up to, um, a beautiful lake in Northern Minnesota. Like, how does it, you're on this moment of, not knowing like we're always in the liminal space. Right. But how does it feel for you?
1: It feels right. That's the best way to say it. You know, I, I had some grief in closing the center because so many awesome things happened there. You know, your work, absolutely. One of the top ones, you know, just, but then the season was kind of over and I just kind of saw it in terms of, of our lives primarily. Mm -hmm. So it's not, I mean, I still believe all the same things, you know, it's like, to the heart go to your heart center be true to it and all that but now i think we're at this season in our lives we're going to be offering and trying to serve in a different way and it's as we kind of practice what we preach you know be true to what's coming up in our hearts and then and going to the cabin definitely feels right and then living from there and but you know that's why we started this uh website here in the wellspring .com. It's got those lessons I was talking about that felt like they came from the mom's side of God could come from the father's side too. It's not like it just felt like it did come. And when I felt this very feminine motherly presence. And so I'm really trying to align with that. And so I guess that's where we'll see where that goes, you know? Yeah.
0: And, um, what about if someone's listening? I know just from our conversation, I feel very, your presence is very, um, grounding and settling for me just in 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 my experience and my felt experience and so what if someone's listening and they really feel that and they want you know it, they want to work with you more how can people can people still work with you
1: yeah absolutely you know so there I would encourage them to go to that website you're wallspring.com. And then read it, see if you're even interested, <laughs> You know what I mean? see if there's a fit, you know, if that thing's aligned, you know, come into agreement, so to speak. And then if so, they can contact me and we can figure out, you know, what would be the next best step. I always, the first contact, I always say, yeah, no charge or anything like that. Let's see if there's a fit, if I can maybe be helpful in some way. And if so, then we can move forward. And if not, that's okay too, you know? And I'll try to encourage, well, here might be the resources that might be helpful to you, you know, right. this sort of. thing.
0: Well, Scott, I just want to say, thank, I'll link all of, um, I'll link the website and your contact information um, and your book, uh, the rest that works. Uh, we'll link all of that in the show notes. Um, and I just want to thank you for the work that you've done in the world. Um, The center was really um, transformative in my life, transformative in so many people's lives and a lot of work. You know, I think when we think of like, oh, a spiritual center, it's going to be so harmonious and wonderful. (laughs) And it's all those things and a ton of work. (laughs) So um, I want to just thank you for that honor, your your service, really. Um, And I wish you and Anita all the best as this new chapter unfolds. and. And that adventure continues.
1: Thank you. For you too. Absolutely. More power to you. It's great work you're doing.
0: Thanks so much, Scott.